Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. And we have proof this week because the uh, the new Smash game just came out, and we've managed to pry ourselves away from it for enough time to record an episode here. Um, A feat no other human being has achieved as of recording. <laughs> I, you know, I gotta say, you know, as someone like who's not like the usually the biggest smash fan like i'm not uh you know i like it but i'm not you know one of those people yeah. I, i'm with um, you i'm with you it the 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 spirit thing it's pretty addicting <laughs> it gotcha. turns out, turns out when you put, yeah when you put yes. that in games they become addicting who would have guessed yes i'm a, I would, as as we've established in the uh the gotcha podcast that we did i am clearly a sucker for these things but i had to make a gotcha channel in the chat and then mute it because i was so sick of hearing you talk about gotcha <laughs> uh i'm sorry Iroh. i can't I, i'm no, clearly not. part of the problem uh but anyway uh we, we do have some anime to talk about uh it's been a while uh, we unfortunately missed an episode last time, so apologies there, but we're, we're back now. And, uh, yeah, I think this might actually be the last time we get a chance to talk about this season with some of the crazy stuff we have coming up with the year end, uh, posts. And, uh, we're Don't certainly going to want me, man. talk about some of our retrospective stuff and, you know, our, uh, definitive top 10 anime of 2018 list will be coming soon so literally impossible to be wrong about yes anime. scientifically and just factually infallible but um yeah anyway let's get it rolling here so on the episode today i'm gel we have iro hi iro who's your smash main i'm gonna ask that um ooh, uh, last in the previous game it was shulk probably and trying to learn richter belmont now in the new one is, is Richter and Simon different no. in, in any way, or are they just pure? Okay. Uh, uh, Richter is cooler than Simon. Well, aside from that. But, um, but Simon, know, <laughs> counterpoint, Simon looks more like he's from American Gladiators. So true. I might yeah. try to learn Joker when that happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, we also have Zig. Hello, hello. And Zig, who is your Smash main? Uh, I, in... I tended to use, uh, I tend to alternate between Link and Link and Link, but um, okay, so I, you gentlemen, I give you the most boring man <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll take questions afterwards. Um, it's like the only way you could get more boring is just like Mario, Mario. or something. Yes. Um, I have been learning some Captain Falcon this time around, and that's been fun. And uh, I've been messing a bit with Inkling, and I can play some Ryu because I play Street Fighter. But I'm trying not to main Ryu because he's quite good. And what about Ken? Same thing. Um, and <laughs> I don't want to make Smash just playing Street Fighter again. But <laughs> most mostly, I'm all about that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like she's very good, but also I will never put in enough time with this game to actually become good with her. Yeah. Um, we also have Aqua. Hey. You still with us? Yeah. And uh, 
You didn't get taken away by Elon Musk's anime police again there. We, we, I am I don't, I don't, from prison. We, we posted bail. Have, yeah, I don't have to bail you out again, but uh, Aqua, you, you do Smash, right? Everybody Both of you right? to assume I play enough <laughs> Smash to actually Come have on, a you, main. Who do you, who do you, who's your, who do you pick? Who's your first go-to? Um, I can only talk about Brawl because that's the only one I really played a lot of, and sure. there I usually picked uh, Ike simply yes. because I like Ike. He has very strong smash attacks, and because I had the pro controller, I was the only one <laughs> house who could do smash attacks. Hell <laughs> yeah! Ike is definitely at the top of my list. Although I, <laughs> currently I'm using a lot of uh, Wii Fit Trainer, mostly because. Uh, I like when you win, like all of her dialogue feels like very condescending and passive aggressive uh, trash talk. It's pretty funny when she's like, you Tuck know, in your hips. Yeah, she's like, you know, uh, when you're exerting yourself, don't forget to breathe. It's like, don't talk down to me. So it's very uh, entertaining a to me. Really, really roundabout way of saying you're super horny for Wii Fit Trainer. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, just, uh, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> So yeah, how about anime and uh, not Smash Brothers? Um, I mean, Smash Brothers is anime. Let's it, it get is, this one yes. thing straight. It, it's the totally theme song weird. and everything. It has Metal the, Gear characters. I don't know what you're talking about. There are too many fucking anime characters in Smash. <laughs> not like the way it used to be with Melee, which is still the best game ever made. And Sakurai has fucked it up for the third time in a row by putting in too many goddamn anime characters. Don't at me. Goku for Smash. <laughs> I, Goku's not even like that wild of a pick at this point. I mean, if we've got Joker coming in, but whatever. Like, like Goku is still several like magnitudes of anime beyond Persona. Like, I mean, unlike know, Joker, he's actually been on a Nintendo platform before. <laughs> ouch! Hey, like Persona Q. Like, there is a Persona Q game that just came out this year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they put that goddamn game on Switch? Uh, because it sucks. No, it doesn't. Q, <laughs> Q is an extremely bad series. All right, <laughs> you're an extremely yep. bad series of person. <laughs> let's. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, like, extremely what, bad. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yes. Let's 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 break the break this up for uh save that for another time. But uh, before the anime police come along, yeah. I don't, uh, anyway, um, so like I said, we want to kind of catch up again with uh, some of the shows going on here or the ones that I guess are still left. I know I, I personally dropped quite a few things this season, yeah. including, uh, including um, the, uh, the, whatever the bunny girl senpai show was. I don't even remember the full title Wait, anymore. Are you telling me that it turned out it was bad? Well, it wasn't, it just didn't get any better or worse. And I wasn't really enjoying it. And it was, I, I had, I had one of those like, I went to fire up the episode and I had one of those, what, what am I doing with my, my life right now moments? I'm not really enjoying this at all. And it's not like good enough to where I wanted to watch it or bad enough where it was still entertaining, like index. Um, (laughs) You know how I feel every single moment of my life. (laughs) So you're saying it was bad. Yeah, I guess so. But, uh, and then uh, I dropped, uh, you know, I, I wrote about boarding school Juliet a bit, and I ended up dropping that as well. That actually did end up turning out bad. But um, great. 
Yeah. So I, but I mean, there are some really good shows um, still going. And uh, I think the first one we're going to talk about is not one of them. <laughs> but it's interesting. It continues but there to is, be interesting. There is something. Yes, there is an important reason why I still want to talk about the show, even though I may not ever watch another episode. But let's uh, let's talk Sean about Zombie question. Land. Yeah. <laughs> Let, let's let's talk about uh, Zombie Land Saga. Yeah, I have not watched the most recent, probably couple episodes. Did did anybody else watch episode eight? Because that's kind of the I skimmed episode one. eight. Okay. And so, so I I can't really speak on whether it's good or not. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like so the I, most of the show has just been everything that we've been saying it is, where it's just kind of normal idol show stuff. Uh, but yep. the. Uh, Kind of the thing that blew up the internet was episode eight, where it was revealed that uh, one of the members is a uh, trans girl. Uh, and, you know, putting aside the, you know, usual horrible anime fandom backlash from that. Should uh, we put that aside, though? Like... Well, I, yeah, no, I, yes, you're right. We shouldn't put brush it aside. We should say that, uh, you know, obviously that is, you know... I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to just like accept that that's a fact, and yes. that there's nothing we can but, do about it. But also, yes. there's not a great deal you can say about that aspect of it, right? Like, yeah, I guess my point is, it's like it's not a debate. It's not like a right or wrong debate. It's like those people are wrong. But yes, <laughs> right. um, so <laughs> my stance on this is, I think, and clarification i have not seen the episode you know but i i think it's very noble of them to include a, an issue like this you know to highlight an issue like this i think that the message is extremely strong um i don't think that makes me more interested in watching the show or i think don't think that like that improves the quality of the show but you know the the two I'm trying to divorce the two as much as possible, which is I think the message is noble and important. I don't think it makes I don't think it makes me more interested in the show. Like those are two mutually exclusive things, if that makes sense. Right. You can so kind of I, have yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Iroh. Yeah, well like when I was watching the episode it's it seemed to me like it was a not a great example of representation, but also as I said, like I'm not qualified to make that judgment. And so I, think, I was curious as to what like people are. I large think the reason thought. Yeah, I think the reason why people have latched onto this one um is because it is not exactly uncommon for there to be an uh, an anime character who's like uh, a cross-dressing boy, for instance, but this time right. they actually went above and beyond and said, No, this character is actually like transgender. They okay. don't want to be referred to by their male name anymore. They they consider themselves to be female. And this is also like the 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 the, the argument that a lot of those uh, trolls try to use to say like, oh no, we don't have anything against trans people, but this is just another example of the let's uh say this kind of character because the word they right. use to refer to yes. it is, is a slur offensive uh, so uh, this is just uh, you know a cross-dressing boy 
so for, for a lot of people, this also has this incredibly weird sort of fetish idea to it. Like, yeah, yeah. as in, trans people are okay as long as they cater to my fetish of like cross-dressing boys but as long as soon as they are quote unquote real transgender people it becomes a political thing and then all of a sudden it is the evil sjw's trying to shove politics down our throats yeah i mean for for what it's worth i think it's important that like this character appeared and was sympathetically presented in anime which is, let's say, a medium which has had some issues with alternative gender and sexuality over pretty much its whole history. I mean, like, we're, we're seeing shows that aired this season that have questionable politics around that kind of stuff. So I think it is very important that, like, a show which is quite popular presented this, you know, straight front and centre. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, uh, to Aqua's point, it is definitely different than other scenarios that we normally see when when these kinds of things come up in anime where they they did actually make an effort to address the situation i guess when when i was watching cuz I, I i did watch the episode and um i know when it was it was interesting for me because when i was watching it you know i i was kind of like iro where i felt some of it was almost disrespectful like right yeah also like the character has up until now been portrayed as like the dumb child character yeah Yeah, i know well a specific not so much that but like specifically um the way she dies yeah yeah that was oh she she died in universe because she saw uh, a facial hair appearing on her face right yes so she died of shock she she was she was um she was kind of you know experiencing all kinds of anxiety for many different things one of them being that she was getting older and and facing puberty and she knew her you know she was going to be changing as she grows up and so she was she looks in the mirror she finds hair on her face and the shock of it ends up killing her um I th- I, yeah. think <laughs> I also I also felt this Weird, because when, of course I saw people talking about it on social media and celebrating it, and I was happy about it. But I also had this feeling like, oh, okay, so so that's how she died. I find that that seems to be a rather mean spirited joke at her expense, right? But exactly. I guess I guess the idea is also maybe it might be a bit mean spirited, but people might also be able to sort of latch on to it and relate to it, like yeah. Get this- like whoa yeah i remember or like puberty indeed it made me want to die so like it's kind of and i guess maybe for i hate to be the, the 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 relativist here but for the context of an anime maybe this is you know a, a right. step forward i mean the the other tricky thing here is that like zombieland saga is a comedy show that is has been at times relatively like biting and irreverent about the characters. I mean, even the premise itself is very, very ridiculous. So like the question is like when you're, when you're talking about an issue like this, would it actually be more offensive to exclude it from being joked about? Or is it important that you maintain, you know, the comedy around I mean that the, is the that's issue and always yeah, the big discussion point. It, it, yeah. it always feel like it always comes back around to 
it wouldn't be as big a deal if it wasn't one of the only examples. Yeah. Like, yes. Like this joke would be fine if the this if a trans characters were represented all over the place and you know weren't like super rare and so to have the one example be a joke is obviously offensive but you know if it's if it's like one out of a hundred examples that's a joke then it can it's more valid as just a joke if that makes sense i think I think a lot of people take this as a step forward because uh, this seems like one of the, the the only times when the creators, the writers of an anime, instead of saying like we're going to have a, a queer character and we're just going to assume what they act like, this time they actually went and bothered to like do the research of what being transgender is actually like. So instead of like these weird situations where you get like, oh, I'm a gay man, but I act like a woman because obviously all gay men secretly want to be women. Yeah. Or like, oh, I am trans, but I actually uh, still identify as male. I just like girly clothes. Uh, that also exists, but anime often confuses that with being transgender because they simply don't bother to actually do the the, the, the research or like w- feel what that experience is and what kind of place where it comes from and what it what sort of where how how transgender people think and feel I think and and I think that this is the first well one of the first times anime actually shows that they've managed that they've bothered to care about something like that and that's why it's getting such a positive response even though it may not be perfect representation right yeah so i I was gonna say you know like that was my initial thought watching it but just like going back and you know looking i was kind of you know looking around for reactions from like actual trans people uh, including uh, one that uh, Crunchyroll actually put up a like opinion piece from a trans person in the reaction to the episode and how much they loved it. And it's been kind of overwhelmingly positive. And I do feel like it is different than, uh, you know, other examples where <laughs> I was, br- I always bring up Dragon Maid, but like <laughs> the, with, with, with Dragon Maid, like, you know, they had what, you know, they had the representation in there, but then like there's all these asterisks of, well, you also have this other side plot with, you know, the, the one, one dragon who's probably a pedophile. And like, you have the, all kinds of horrible consent issues to deal with. Like this, this is different where there's nothing, there's nothing where you can, there's nothing in there that you have to be like, just totally cut out or like people just total are totally ignoring for the sake of representation. Like it, it, it just, even if it is a little off, like there's nothing like that. I felt blatantly wrong, right with it. And I think that's, that's a good thing. I think it's a good step in the right direction. And, um, like Zig said, I don't think it makes the show very good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's the issue at the moment because like representation is so rare that it tends to color the critical reaction to a show and it's difficult because you know i i want to give them credit for doing something brave within the confines of the anime industry and interesting and important but at the same time like artistically i i don't think i still don't think i'm interested yeah in the show and i mean it's it's great like there are people who say, you know, this show has gay characters, this show has trans characters, therefore I like it and it's the greatest thing of all time. And that's fine. That's that's okay. Yeah, that's that's but valid, you know. That's valid, but it doesn't... 
have to be everyone's standard, I think. Yeah. You can congratulate a show for well, you can't. You have to congratulate a show for its dedication to being inclusive. But whether you let that color your entire your holistic approach to the show, that's up to you, I think. I mean the the ultimate objective of course is that like representation becomes ubiquitous so that we don't have to worry about like critically recognizing a show for for including minority people like like trans issues like gay issues like race issues and stuff like that we can just assess it on the merits of what it is which is the dream you know but certainly one that is nowhere near reality at this point right but you do need I think things like this to push forward first to get to that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a, it's an important positive step. Yeah. I think it's interesting. It came up uh, around the same time as uh, I don't know if you guys were up on any of the stuff with the currently airing precure where they were. uh, Yeah. Uh, There's a boy in it now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's all I got. That's all I saw. I saw the headline. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, so like, I don't want to botch any details on that, but there, there is a, a boy who has joined the current Precure uh, cast, and not just a, a boy, but he, you know, he... A magical uh, boy. Yes, and uh, his kind of character arc is he, he does, you know, dress and present with, you know, as, as, a, as a girl, basically, uh, and, uh, you know, in his character arc, he's getting bullied for it, and he kind of stands up for, you know, being you know who he wants to be and it's all a very positive message and he he still he still identifies as male yes yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah right Uh, yeah sorry i said presented there i did yeah apologies to everyone i'm still trying to get these get get things straight here i'm doing my best but uh the uh yeah so uh and, and I think with that, it's it's cool that that's you know that's a show for little little kids. I mean, it's you know, and, and these are the kinds of steps that you know we need uh, to. It's a I show mean, for little kids and like <laughs> animator obsessed grown ups. I mean, well. apparently, well, apparently, like the the the, the kid show has been because I think a couple of uh, of your, um, I mean, a lot of people on my timeline talk about uh, pre para prison paradise. Or something like that, which is like I've an idol name an, around a lot. An idol show for like that audience of young girls, and they also have like a, one of the idols is also a boy, but who likes to dress as a girl, but still presents as male, still like identifies as male, like says I'm a boy, but this is what I look like, and right. that's of course a very very great, uh, but. It also makes Zombieland special because you go, they go that that like extra mile of like we've already made this idea of like the 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 feminine ident uh, the feminine presenting boy acceptable. Now we're gonna go the extra mile, take that step further, and actually say, "Yo, there are transgender people." Like, yes, Yes. yeah, it's like an it's like in the next. uh, next step there so yeah i, I, think I, I don't mean to say of course that that all like male identifying people who like to present as feminine or transgender women like you can be male and still like to prefer as feminine and just call it at that i'm not saying that it's like that the next logical step is to be transgender but i can see it being used in writing as a kind of like step 
based approach to making certain themes more how do I say this palatable to a palatable yes. audience yeah 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 i think i think it's i think it's interesting as well that like an idol show ostensibly one of the most male focused otaku centric genres has chosen to do this i think that makes it an an extra intriguing and I mean, it's also because the 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 the, the cliche that idol shows yeah. are for horny men is like becoming more and more dated every day. Like That's there true. are You're enormous right. female fan bases for that kind of stuff. Enormous, of course, queer female fan bases for that kind of <laughs> stuff. Well, yeah, obviously, because uh, yeah, people are in love <laughs> with the cute girls. C, so yes, C colon love live. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so much, again. so much for four cis men talk about threads. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing our best. <laughs> um, Good but job. yes, uh, unfortunately the, you know, there's the rest of the show went right back to business after that. So I don't, I still don't know if I would recommend ever watching the rest of it, but, uh, you know, that one episode was, I think, important to talk about. So, yeah. All right. Let's uh, move along so to a show that's not important to talk about. Not important at all. Um, and kind of, <laughs> kind of, it feels totally even less important after all those topics we just covered. <laughs> as, because it's but, as, as backwards as Zombie <laughs> Saga is progressive. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you, you guys still haven't watched any more of Index Season Three, right? Am I still no, fine? Alas, on this one? alas, yeah. no. Okay, well, I, I want. I just wanted to. I just wanted to touch base. I didn't even put it right out all the episodes because it was it's so dumb. But they they did have uh, we did the uh, the Aqua of the Rear arc. Tell me more. Which oh, uh, so they call him that now. That's a way way better translation than Aqua of the Back. Yes, because it definitely won't associate <laughs> him with any kind of <laughs> let's say deviant yeah. sexual activities. Yes. Yeah, so the uh, yeah. So he's a. Uh, Aqua, Aqua of the Rear is the official president, and they changed it from uh, oh boy, God's right seat to the right seat of God or something in the... Uh, sure. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we talk for 25 minutes about trans rights, and then we make gay sex jokes. Uh, in, some, in some ways, I'd kind of prefer like the, the bad previous translations, because they, they fit entirely into the extremely stupid atmosphere which that show generates. Right, we have to we have to keep on par with Stab Sword, so um, yes. you know. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a pretty good arc. Um, we it was it, uh, it, a lot of it was the because Toma just basically gets his ass kicked in the first episode, and then he's out of it for most of it, and it's like the Amoxa Church trying to fight Aqua, and uh, Kanzaki comes back because. I guess Aqua is technically a saint, and Kanzaki's also a saint, so they need a Hell saint yeah, to fight yeah. a saint. And uh, yes, uh, so it, you know it was a, it was a lot of fun. Um, they throw in some uh, OTP stuff with Makoto, um, sure. but probably my favorite moment is <laughs> so the way they try to kill Aqua is because uh, he was he's he was previously a mercenary or something and killed a lot of people. So the uh, the Amoxa Church tries to form reform. Let's see if I can get this straight. They try to reform all the lifelines of all the people that he killed. What do you uh, mean by lifelines? 
it basically just manifests as a bunch of strings all over the place. Um, <laughs> and so then like the guilt from him killing all of them turned the strings into some kind of like attack where they like put him into a cocoon or something. But because Aqua is a saint and he also has the uh, like the favor and blessing of the Holy Mother or something like that. Uh, and and because he's a member of the the right seat of God, which has purged them almost entirely purged himself of the original sin, uh, he can aside, kind of aside from murder, apparently. Well, uh, yeah, apparently, he, apparently, with all that stacked up in his favor, he can kind of forgive himself enough to get out of this. Um, <laughs> it had to be like one of the most like peak stupid stupid moments in a uh, show full of peak stupid stupid moments but uh anyway it was fun toma gives a good speech at the end where he says you know uh or makoto finds out that he has amnesia which if you guys remember that was a thing yes um, wait from what the, from the uh like the first arc which it, it becomes totally <laughs> irrelevant from like from like episode three on but he yeah, technically has amnesia right and makoto finds out about it and she confronts him and he's like you know you know he like points to his head and like, you know, the Toma up here might not remember much, but the Toma here and he pounds his chest knows I got to do the right thing. And sure, uh, that's a good shonen thing. To yeah, do. It's, it's, it's good. Good. Uh, some good stuff like that in the end. And, you know, they end up um, killing him with some elaborate saint killer attack or something like that. And it's just good. Good fun. But anyways, so still dumb. still delivering what you want then which is insanity yeah i am mad i ha- i didn't get have time to watch the latest episode which appears to be toma does air force one um that's a sentence yeah so I'm, i was kind of hoping he was you know gonna say get off my plane at some point but uh yeah we'll see how that goes I've had enough of these motherfucking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how did maybe, how, maybe, how did you miss I've had enough of these motherfucking saints on this motherfucking uh, <laughs> yeah maybe maybe I haven't watched the episode maybe it will be more snakes on a plane than uh that'll probably make more sense for this show but anyways I've talked enough about this dumb show let's move on um, <laughs> to another dumb show <laughs> That's so what's, maybe a bit mean. I don't know. So what's up with uh, Irozuku, uh Was it World of Colors? Is that the full? Yeah, what are your, What are your feelings on forced love triangles? Is this Macross? <laughs> no, it's a BA work show. Okay, then no. I will only accept it if it's Macross. Uh, Christ, it's. Uh, they kind of it kind of feels like the past few episodes of that show have kind of got themselves stuck in a rut if that makes sense like the show was doing some interesting stuff and like moving forward in intriguing ways even if it was you know a bit all drowned in cliche but they've really kind of spun their tires a bit on the last few episodes yeah like i personally don't much care about any of the side side cast like club president and like girl who takes pictures of bunnies and like waiter boy who's a real dick uh i mean th- there's every single cliche you can imagine you know there's the childhood friends who won't confess to each other because they're scared it will ruin their friendship there's like you know the shitty boy and the bratty girl who secretly really like each other but just abuse each other constantly you know there's the awkward love triangle 
there's the just everything you can imagine they've thrown at the at the wall you there's know, just and, screaming at the sky after you've been rejected yeah th- there's, right. uh, yeah he, uh, there, there's was it, not was it raining was it raining too no no it was, it was sunny no because this show is always beautiful oh okay <laughs> And it, it just like it just feels like they're kind of going in circles. Like it's not bad, but nothing the show still really looks happening. great. Yeah, um, it's turning into a Mario Kart show. <laughs> no, I mean that's exactly what it is. Like the the the, yeah. hack, the hackneyed love triangle yep. uh, that will be resolved if people just talk to each other like normal people. She didn't actually write this, right? No, no, she did not. This was written okay. by the lady who wrote uh, Digimon Adventure Try. Oh, also boy. a show that famously <laughs> shit the bed in the second half. <laughs> it's not quite uh, that bad yet. Yeah, I know. I'm actually still enjoying it. I, I think there's still a lot to recommend it. You know, I think that the, the premise remains interesting. There's some good vocal performances. Like It still looks stunning, but... I kind of feel like they're on a knife edge at the moment. Like if they keep going like this, it could get the ending could be real bad. Like it could just kind of drag itself down. So I'm hoping they can pick it up and kind of like, as we reach the end, hopefully they'll have to get more into the time travel magic stuff. And that's kind of what I'm here for. Yep. Has anything, uh, notably interesting or specifically, uh, Good happened since the last time we talked about it. Is it pretty oh, much just- uh, the, the, the love triangle, like the weird forced love triangle? Oh, so that's happening. only a development in like the last like four or five episodes, or yeah. Episodes I mean, they they established like the couples relatively fast, but now, like as of two episodes ago, all of a sudden, one of the guys just is all of like I'm actually in love with main girl and this comes out of nowhere and seems to exist only to threaten his like already unstable relationship with his childhood friend and it's so just... really it really is a Mario Kata anime then yeah <laughs> it's, it sounds it's like on point. Cr- romantic attraction ex machina <laughs> <laughs> It's not even particularly well done either, it has to be said. Like, it's all just very, very crudgy, and there's not really, like, any strong emotion behind it. Even the characters themselves kind of realize they're going through the motions, if that makes sense. If there's anything I can say I I do appreciate about these latest episodes is that we've actually seen Hitomi sort of subtly evolve as a character. She's a lot more open, she's a lot more cheerful, and as lame as her whole... I'm actually colorblind, and I've oh, that, that's an important other, other important thing that's happened. She has revealed the dark truth to her friends that right, she which, is so, colorblind. Okay, so, some, somehow, her being colorblind is supposed to be a bigger reveal than her being from the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Like, I forgot. I totally forgot she's from the future. Has that even been a factor? Yes. Uh, no. Ah, ah. <laughs> It's well, she's been she, sort she, of... she like, casually told everyone, I'm from the future. And like, everyone's like, okay. But then like <laughs> three episodes later, she's agonizing over the secret that she's colorblind. <laughs> but she, she uh, the, the future thing is mentioned as in like, I don't want to go back to the future. Back to the future. <laughs> because... Because she oh, has fear, and in the future she's lonely and sad. Huh. So 
I mean, that's why it's important. But for for all intents and purposes, she might as well be like a transfer student who comes and lives here for a year and then has to go back. Like, yep. that is the role that the time travel aspect yep. plays in this story. Right. So they'll probably figure out something in the last episode where she can go back and forth or something. Or yeah, mm, I don't know. Hmm. But it it's it's frustrating because they continue to hint at how weird and interesting this world is. Um, but it it only ever plays a periphery role to the human drama, and as we've just expressed, the human drama is not actually very interesting. I never thought I'd actually say this, but I I, I think I would have preferred this show if it were like a cute girls do cute things show with grandma <laughs> and Hitomi just like chilling out yeah. and using magic for extremely mundane things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, if it was if it was Flying Witch, basically. <laughs> <laughs> basically, everyone go watch Man. Flying Witch is what you're saying. Yeah, yes. Uh, oh, just so much better. All right, well. Yeah. That's, uh, and now we can segue to the next show after skipping like five good segue opportunities in the past conversation. Yeah, did I, I must have missed him, Iro. You're you're much better at those than I am. So, um, speaking of cute girls doing cute yeah, things, speaking of, well, speaking of human dramas. Speaking I, of people going through the motions of relationships, I, I was I was going to say. Speaking of four men explaining, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> four men explaining, uh, you know, various that. queer relationships between teenage girls. Uh, let's talk about Blooming to You. It's good, which has it uh, is good. I feel like it's gotten like it was good in beginning the beginning. I feel like the second half has like really stepped it up though. Um, and kind of starting with episode seven, which I re- ended up writing a little bit about, um, which was still probably my personal favorite episode. I don't know about you guys. I think so. I think I would probably yeah. agree with that. Because I, I felt like so. Ep- episode seven was. I, do, I did really like the sequence at the end of episode six, but like the sequence at the end of episode seven is probably more thematically important. Yeah, I felt like in seven. Um, you know, obviously the show is, is doing a lot of great things and like portraying different, you know, types of relationships, be they romantic or friendship or whatever between, uh, these, you know, young women. Um, and I feel like it does that more so just kind of by example and kind of showing you, you know, you know, these are different kinds of relationships, but seven, I, I felt like was like really specifically addressing like one of the issues, which if anybody hasn't seen it, it's, you know, uh, it's actually about one of the side the the bigger side characters uh sayaka who's the friend of toko senpai who's in love with toko senpai as everyone is and uh <laughs> <laughs> i mean who wouldn't be <laughs> and it, sure. it goes into her, it goes into her little backstory about how you know she had a girlfriend in middle school and she got dumped with a with the it's just a phase line um yeah but it got pretty right. brutal to be honest yeah but but the kind of the great thing about the episode is you know after bringing that up they kind of like smash it with a hammer <laughs> by uh, by bringing in like an actual like adult lesbian couple um, and kind of saying nope not a phase this is a thing and uh, you know I thought that was that was pretty cool and I particularly liked the moment at the end with uh, where Sayaka kind of 
opens up a little to the uh, the the lady that runs the the cafe, cafe owner. Yeah. yeah, and just it, like it's it's a very strong scene, and they they underplay it very well. You know, it's quite low key, and it works much better because of that. Right, right. Yep, they're not beating it over the head. It's just very a very natural um, and really nice, almost comforting type of scene that you know I thought was really great. Yeah. Um, and you know, even going from there, then the last couple episodes, I know you guys haven't seen ten yet, which was really good. Um, mm-hmm. Show has been really great in. Feel we're I feel like we're actually getting progress on the relationship between Toko and you, yeah. Um, and it's not like I don't even want to say it's slow. It's not fast. It's like just right. It feels like to me. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I mean, I, I it's 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 shot up as you know one of the two uh, one of the two best shows of the season, which will you know we'll, we have Gridman floating around too, which we'll talk about, but. Um, <laughs> Allow it to be Debbie Downer for a moment and point okay. out that occasionally that show gets into like let's French kiss on camera or other uh, let's say Yuri cliches, and when it does, is there's the worst parts of the show. Yeah, I mean we've talked before about the odd tension between like the very sensitive yeah. st- storytelling of Blue Can I just butt in for a second? Go for it. Yes. Um, I the show's so good. Agree with what you say, but I don't actually think that the French kissing is a Yuri cliche. Okay, Usually, right. it doesn't yeah. even come to kissing in Yuri shows. Okay. I yeah. mean, so to okay. see, like, quote unquote, sorry if this sounds creepy, raw sexual attraction <laughs> in 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 the Yuri show, I think that's another rather important step. In sure. the right direction. Well, yeah, on the other hand, I think on the other hand, it stuff is, like it, citrus, it, right? It like, could be, yeah. It, the problem is because stuff like citrus exists, it can be seen as voyeuristic, as uh, exploitative, as uh, catered towards the male gaze. Even though I know for a fact that Bloom into You is not intended as such, right? That's fair. But of course, this is an adaptation, which was directed by a man. Um, of course. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean that that is a thing to take into yeah. consideration. So it right. might inadvertently have that effect. Okay, back to you. Yeah, good. No, yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I think that there has been we've talked about it before an uncomfortable tension between how much Bloom into You is subverting the cliches of the normal uh, Yuri genre and how much it is like using the building blocks of those cliches to tell its own story. And and that remains an interesting issue. I feel like they've been much better about keeping that stuff down recently as the story itself has begun to grow and the characters have become much more um, interesting and like fully fleshed out in their own right. Um, but, But there's still occasionally a lurking issue of, is this cliche in here because they because they are they are like not mocking it what's the word like deconstructing it or are is it here just because that's what the audience expects to see in this yes. sort of situation yeah. like the kissing thing is tricky because it's it's important 
because like you know guess what couple yes in real life but it definitely felt like it was framed as being fan servicey and i i don't know how to feel about that and the other issue i have with it as well is that and like i kind of joked about this but it's true is that like since you is not entirely into it it does come off as like kind of weirdly creepy and that is the thing right i think that's what makes it that what 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 makes it impossible for us to just look at? Wow, these girls are into each other, so of course they want to make out. I mean, and and it's difficult because, like, without having seen the full story, it's difficult to see to know whether they are deliberately making that uncomfortable or whether it's just an unintended byproduct of the way they've told the story. I'd like to think it's the former because I, I think they deserve the benefit of the doubt after how yeah. sensitively some other parts of the story have been told. But the issue is still there. I think that's always been my impression is that when it is uncomfortable, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. Like, like, like going to that, the big kissing scene that we keep talking about, like they, they had like those kind of like cutaways and use brain of like, this feels like a line I shouldn't cross. And like, they're, they're putting big flags on this of like, you know, this is still trying to feel out yeah. where the boundaries are here. I think um, the important thing to consider is uh, basically, I mean, at this point, their relationship is Toko is in love with you because you allows her to be herself instead of having to be her perfect self because she always uh, needs to satisfy other people's demands. And she is loves you because you can't love her back because her entire life revolves around being loved by other people or like having to meet up to their expectations whereas you let her have her own one-sided yeah whereas you has no expectations of her um and that is why you out of the like her like weird obsession with romance textbook romance as it is presented in stories feels like she needs to service toko's attraction to her as some kind of reward basically for all the hard work she puts in was like you have to work hard all the time you can be who you really are with me and i am out of the goodness out of my heart i will be the person that you want me to be so i will not fall in love with you i will not put that burden on your shoulders of having to meet up with my expectations and i will but i will be I will not love you back, but I will be your lovey, as in you can love me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that is, I think, why she eventually consents to to the kiss, as in, like she at first she 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 draws she feels back, obligated as in, like, to do so. As in, yeah, as if, as if at first she like draws back because like she she sees she knows like okay, we are not lovers. I'm not in love with her, so. She can't ask me to kiss her, but then she 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 thinks again, and it's like it's like her stubbornness. Like she 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 doubles down on that that quote unquote promise she made. Is like no, I I I told myself I would give this girl what she wants from me, so she still does it, and that is unhealthy. I mean. That is it's an unhealthy exactly, mindset. Yeah, it's not exactly it a uh, not the relationship. No, and it is obviously not the way their relationship should be 
if or when they eventually become a quote-unquote real couple. But it is a step on the way there. And yeah, a lot of it is... um... The problem is that how do you portray a relationship between flawed people developing to a point where it is healthy I I, I, I see it hard you'd have yeah, to be yeah. an incredible yeah. writer in order to, <laughs> to do that without anything appearing creepy ever at any point in the development of right. their relationship you, you, ha- I, you I, have to show you have to show like relationships are not always perfect and healthy and and wonderful like yeah, you have to show yeah. people feel especially when you're like a teenager and you're still learning how to be in relationships like sometimes things get weird and awkward and uncomfortable and you know maybe a little unhealthy and the the i guess the important important thing is like what direction are are, are we moving in and those, you kind of have to show those things sometimes as things that have to get worked out um i think there are things that happen in episode 10 that kind of made me feel better about some of those things, which you know, I know you guys haven't seen yet, so I'm not going to get into it. But just to that point, I do feel I do have a certain confidence level in the show at this point. And I know Aqua, yeah. you've read the manga, yeah. so you know as well that they're going to be moving in the right direction. Okay. I mean, that, it's, the, it's the same thing with uh, another sort of quote-unquote problematic, controversial uncomfortable thing in that episode nine in that um, it implies maybe that use asexuality may just be a fra- a face or a mistake. And I also there, think there's, they, the, there's the line from the guy who appears to actually be asexual yeah, where he yeah. straight up says like, you're not actually like me. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I kind of took to be like the story flagging, it's intent. Yeah. If that makes yeah. sense. Which is the type of thing I would like might to even a little be, bit more of. But. Might even be the story realizing that, like, we might be giving off them, uh, we might be sending a message here that we're not intending to send. Like, right. that you is asexual, which she is not and was probably never intended to be. And it might be a way to, like, respectfully. Uh, respectfully draw the line on that kind of show draw the the line on that deny that theory and say okay you low asexuality is valid but unfortunately this is not a story about that yeah that's kind of what i would like what i would like to see a little bit more of from the show is some more like clear clear declarations of intent yeah although like Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's hard to do that um, while still maintaining, you know, the, the artifice of a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's like, like, like the kissing scene where I wasn't quite sure if I was supposed to be seen in a certain way or, or a certain other way. And, you know. It's hard because it is the way that kissing scene is framed, you can see it as, as one of two things. Either it is fan service for the male gaze or it is like a celebration uh, a a big climax of their love but 
neither interpretation fits at that right. point of the story. They are not in love. They are not finally hooking up. So it's not really a, a, a celebration. But it's obviously also so, not yeah. a fan service show. So it it is rather weird. I'm too used to other shows, I think, is the problem. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought it was supposed to be, like, when I was watching it, I didn't think it was, like, quote unquote sexy at all like i thought, I thought right. it was no, i like, thought it was supposed to be kind of weird and uncomfortable and yeah like, and wiring. i mean i agree with you but at the same time i also was not 100 percent sure what the show wanted me to think right and of that course like be, with yeah. further viewing like one becomes more obvious but, yeah, I think I think I heard you were also touching on a, an important point that we're so used to just watching trash that <laughs> it's <laughs> we're, our our mind kind of defaults to that a little bit. But um, yeah, yep. Zig, did you have? I'm sorry. Did, did you have something you wanted to add from earlier? I think we missed you in there somewhere. Or I, I don't think so. I mean, I for me at least, someone who has no experience with the manga and relatively little experience with this kind of story and this genre, I I feel like, and this is a dangerous request, but I feel like I would occasionally like the subtext to be text a little more, if that makes sense. You know, like, perhaps it just makes me kind of stupid, but I would occasionally like there to be more exposition on how directly the characters feel about their situation. And that's tricky because, like, the end of that route is people turning to the camera and saying, well, I felt this way about this, you know. But Toko just walking into the room with a rainbow shirt that says, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe yes. a, a rainbow poster that says LGBT, like uh, in, uh, the Gridman. Grid man. <laughs> Last um, week. Toko walking <laughs> on stage in a fursuit and saying, I'm gay. And also a juggalo. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, you know what I mean, right? Like, I, I would like there to be a little bit more direct communication. I want the show to tell me what it wants me to think about the show. You're yeah, expecting so I can decide a Japan- if it's doing a good job. You're expecting a Japanese show to be forward in its <laughs> emotions. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, I will say because because I I agree with you, like because particularly with you, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, I I feel like you could interpret sometimes like she's being taken advantage of a little bit or something like. But I I just 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 watch episode 10, guys. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Fine. I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if it like. I don't know if it like completely addresses all those issues, but I feel like it kind of moves in that direction. It's, it's good. Okay. Um, all right, so let's uh, keep it moving here, and uh, let's wrap up by talking about uh, Gridman. Speaking of hot <laughs> lesbians. Speaking of, uh, yeah, this is a, we're covering all kinds of uh, LGBT uh, content this week, I guess, but. Uh, I mean, like, it's so for clarification, we should probably also say we have not seen episode 10, which only came out a couple hours ago. Yeah, Yeah, I I literally finished it two minutes before the uh, podcast uh, started. Um, I I think it continues to stake its claim as the... Excuse me, sorry. I think it continues to stake its claim as the best show this season. I think that um, the thing I wrote in my latest piece is that it's not 
doing anything particularly new as far as like storytelling techniques or like a revolutionary plot line but it does everything so well you know it pays so much attention to its character stuff it's got great visual storytelling that you know advances the plot as well as provides spectacle the fights are good the humor is fun and broad um you know it's it's an incredibly good all-rounder and i think the only thing that could dissuade me at the moment is how they stick the landing of the mystery that they've built up i think to me the 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 main problem is and is sort of i sort of feel bad about caring so much about this because it makes me one of those there's a plot hole in this movie so it's bad (laughs) but the the thing like if Akane created this world, why did she still create people who are mean to her? See, I, I feel like the answer to that question is she didn't create this world. Yeah, I feel like I that. Think, I mean, I, I also tend to 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 agree on that. I mean, I don't. I, I yeah. I, I think always thought when like, when she said like I created you to act this way, I always I always thought of it as an ambiguous statement. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I had don't... no reason to take her at her word. I Whoa. mean, I feel, I, I feel like in the bad past guys never couple... lie. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in the past couple of episodes as well, they've really made it clear how much like she is a puppet, having her how, how little control she actually has. Yeah. Like they, they've like forwarded the character of Alexis in a really strong way, and like the way that he his dialogue is very carefully calculated to like prod at her weaknesses, especially in the episode just past the dream episode where like he he talks continuously about how like you know clever she is and smart she is and kind of like child groomer and pedophile inferno inferno cop would never stand for such an act of not justice um but you know what i mean like i i feel like the the ultimate thing here is i wouldn't necessarily go as far as saying that akane is like a victim as much of the others but she's clearly a pawn being played with and i i think like she may even be delusional about her own status in this setup and that's why i said you know like so much rests upon how they bring resolution to this plot um because like they've sowed such incredibly interesting seeds that i'm very I'm very excited to see what they do with them. And my hope is that they will do something entirely unexpected, but it's difficult to say, you know, like if I, like I can't think of a good way that you wrap this plot up at the moment, because if I, what if, what if they go into space? (laughs) (laughs) Cyberspace. Tell me more. more. Um, No, but like it's worrying like the, the, because trigger shows have had an issue with sticking the landing recently, even the good ones. And um, I mean, trigger shows have had a have, have had a problem with having any kind of thematic arc whatsoever. Yeah, and Good Man has certainly had that. <laughs> so but, yeah. this is an outside writer from the yeah. trigger staff. Yes, uh, I mean, Gridman is also like in. Gridman is also a prime example of what I like to call a puzzle box show. Like Lost is the prime example of this in the <laughs> West. Like, like the mystery, like the half the fun of watching Gridman, and like 
I remember feeling this way about Madoka as well, is trying to piece together the clues you're given to work out what the hole looks like. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, and feels, going, oh, shit, every it feels, episode. It feels very similar to Madoka. Um, not only in, in that regard, but also I think uh, uh, Gritman and Madoka are both very good examples of shows that are excellently paced. Yes. In that you have an arc plot, but each episode still is unique in its own regard, whether it is because it has a, a, a unifying theme or because it has a, a, a singular visual identity, single visual language. That, But nevertheless, the whole also has its own repeating themes and lo- like setups and long payoffs. But what I find especially interesting about gritman is how it is unafraid to cut out all of the faff like it it it, sometimes it starts in media's rest which is not something you see very often in anime and and it it has this very nice balance this very nice variety between a more episodic kind of story versus something that advances the arc I, I agree with you, and I think a lot of that stems from like the Tokusatsu origins of it, because like each episode works relatively well as a standalone. Like normally, a lesson is learned, there's a fight, and like everything gets wrapped up. If not entirely neatly, there's at least some resolution for the plot arc that they raise in every individual episode, and that's good. And I think it's important to recognise as well, aside from like it's you know the more sophisticated storytelling it does very well at like bringing the kind of like big bashy dumb action and like using that to make the stories like fast and fun and exciting like in episode nine the dream episode we've just seen most of it is like a very slowly paced like emotional storytelling thing but there's still a suit a giant robot fight you know there's still a big monster and that stuff doesn't feel tacked on they integrate that stuff into the episode well it's it's love it's lovingly shot it's really well paced and the result is it feels like an action show with you know deep and interesting character development rather than two shows that have been spot welded yeah, together they managed to weave its heritage very well into what yeah. they're trying to say and i think this show is the anti like the complete antidote for the netflix era where shows are either 100 percent episodic and we press the reset button after every episode or like long stretched out movies cut into 13 parts where you don't even have like a narrative arc within a single episode anymore it just stops and then it continues the next episode mm. castlevania the show we talked about on the last I want to shout out uh very good the, example uh, of that the scriptwriter for Gridman, Keiji Hasegawa, who has written for a lot of Toku in yeah. the past, uh, including Ultraman, Common Rider, and he also wrote uh, Gloria Favorite, Rage of Bahama Genesis. Yeah, a very good show. Which- Another good example of this, where you get like, indeed, and this is the show that benefits from airing every single week, not, not as a whole, not binge-watch-worthy or intended to be binge-watched, but as an experience right. that comes in 13 we, individual parts that yeah. need we're to all be excited one to watch week Gridman after the other. Yeah. And yeah, I think that is an indispensable aspect. It's also, it is 
what made my, what makes Madoka my favorite anime of all time that I was that I was able to be there and then in that moment to experience it the way it was intended to be experienced, and I, I'm very sad that the Netflix model is is destroying that kind of experience. The the thing I will say about it is like for all the Madoka comparison, and I agree with you, Aqua. I think the fact that it is, for want of a better word, event television is part of what's interesting about Gridman, but I think we've made a lot of Madoka comparisons and I don't think that's entirely fair because like Madoka bigged itself up as an event because Urobuchi's writing style is very operatic. If that makes sense, like it's a very like big and heavy, like huge stuff. And I think one of the strengths of Gridman is that it feels kind of a bit more laid back, you know, it's, it's, it's very casual. Like the characters are kind of like gentle and quirky. There's some really good humor thrown in. I'm just saying they're structurally similar, not that they're thematically or like mood wise similar. I'm I'm just making a case for the difference here and why I think it benefits Gridman. You know, I think triggers likes innate sense of comic timing and the stuff they've brought over from their older shows, as far as like, you know, being occasionally very cartoony and very silly works really well in this context. And, um, and I think it's to the show's benefit that it doesn't necessarily treat itself. Like it doesn't necessarily always take itself dead seriously. Like it feels like it feels like a little more lived in, if that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's I don't want to use the word realistic, but um <laughs> but the things that are happening in Gridman, you know, are certainly a bit more relatable than the kind of like crazy out there stuff that was happening in Madoka. Yeah. While at the same time, like, you know, still building that story around itself. I mean, Madoka was and always will be an Urobuchi show, and as we all know, Urobuchi doesn't write characters, he writes ideas that yes. debate each other. Yes. Like <laughs> strength. Like strength. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. I mean I mean like that's more the kind of thing like, you know, like I said, Madoka is an opera, you know, it's big, it's grand, it reaches for the stars, it has huge ideas, you know, it's and as you said, it doesn't really have characters. Shouldn't we be comparing this with Gaim instead? I mean so like I mean, I mean, time I, is just Madoka stretched out to fifty episodes, yeah. but also I, has dudes in rubber suits. Yeah, you know, like yeah. there's inherent goof to Tokusatsu. That I, mean, I think I, also for, exists in Gridman. For the record, I think Gaim is actually Urobuchi's most successful work because I think like the need for like goofy rubber suits and jokes for kids tempered some of his more yeah, yeah. tendencies you know but gridman has a different vibe from both of them you know like Kamen Rider is fundamentally a show for small boys and has a lot of like dumb like silly pratfall humor and gross out humor you know like gridman is is a show for you know adult otaku and it has kind of like it's got an easygoing vibe you know it's you know if if madoka is like you know your haughty a haughty like opera goer and like Gaim is like a dumb kid show like there's kind of like an almost fun slackerish vibe to Gridman. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would actually well I, I don't know if that's I would kind of say it's kind of like down to earth maybe more than laid back because there is definitely tension. Um yeah. and uh you know there you know there's there's tension and you know there's things going on so it's not like they're all just kind of hanging out having fun. But but yeah. yeah, a lot of the humor and the characters are very down to earth. Like, like you know, stuff like- let's fix Gridman by unplugging the <laughs> restarting the computer. Yeah. That'll do it. You know, stuff like yeah. that is. I mean, stuff like the scene where like 
show and uh, Utah like realize that show realizes he has to apologize to Rika, you know, and they're just sitting at the shitty convenience store drinking bad sodas or Slurpees or whatever, you know, like that. There's there's an element of of being grounded in reality, which sounds really weird for a show about like a giant superhero battling mo- digital monsters, but but that I, I mean, think that. We- we said we said from like almost day one, this feels like old Gynax, which is that was you know they were the masters yep. of that. I mean, like, oh, like, like not not even old Gynax, but Otto specifically. Yeah, yeah like yeah, like, not specifically old Gynax, just Evangelion. <laughs> well, not even that. Like I said in my first impressions piece, that it reminded me a little bit of Fooly Cooly, and yeah. I'll stand by that because like the the greatest strength of Fooly Cooly was always its ability to pair like the insane with the mundane you know like you you felt like you could relate to the things that happening even though they were objectively like some of the most insane things that you'd ever seen you know and this kind of feels like that as well you know like it feels like that there's a realism a lived in feel to the world which is kind of astonishing when you think about what it's actually about hashtag free sumaki (laughs) <laughs> um it's it's gonna be really hard to pick an anime of the year at the end of this year i i mean like like i said we can't really speak to that yet because i feel like a lot yeah. of my feelings will depend on how Gridman wraps up you know like i don't think it's possible for it to become a bad show unless it does something like egregiously offensive or something like that but I think like a strong ending could be the difference between like good, memorable show and all time classic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Still holding out for the uh jump to live action. Yeah, I totally. If they could do that, it would be one of the most incredible like stunts. I, of all I, time. I I feel it I feel it getting closer every episode. Oh, I want them to jump out of the matrix and it's just it just becomes an actual token. I feel show. it getting closer every episode. It's I, gonna happen. Like, like I've gone from like maybe crazy theory to like I feel like it's gonna happen. I mean, anti- like, they should have done that with flip flappers. <laughs> they, uh, almost, they almost did in flip flappers. Yeah, I mean, that like that part flip of flip flappers with like real uke school. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they could have done that in live thing, action. <laughs> the thing with flip flappers though is that arguably that would have been so stunty it would have been would have drawn attention away from what they were trying to do. If that makes sense, where it was like Gridman, like. So for anybody who doesn't know, like there have been repeated hints throughout Gridman that it may actually be a sequel to the live action uh, show. I don't even know if there are hints at this point. <laughs> there yeah. are some pretty like compelling evidence. I, I feel like, you know, I'm not certain that you could make it work with the live action cast, but if you just wanted to leap to live action for like rubber suit Gridman right. versus oh, so uh, that would be pretty interesting. I, I'm almost going to be disappointed if it doesn't happen at this point, but uh, yeah. Um. All right. So, oh, yeah, good, that's good. So, I threw out this question. Uh, I don't remember if anybody actually answered. Is Akane the best villain of the year? Uh, I would say yes. <laughs> what about what about Satan from Devil Man? <laughs> yeah. mm, Satan, okay. Satan's Satan's played out. We've had enough of him. Akane is an excellent character. To She's have. an excellent character. The, the question is, I mean, I guess she is a villain, yeah. Yeah, no, because uh, even like you guys are talking about how she's being manipulated and stuff, which is tr- it's, which is true. But like, there's bad stuff in there that is being manipulated. Like, I feel like if it was like one of the other, like if it was uh, what's the main kid's name? Like Utah. Yeah, would Utah. Utah be able to be manipulated that way? Like he, they're tapping into you know. 
<laughs> she's still pretty happy about like offing these girls in her class and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, I, I, I think pers- I think it's a very strong choice. Personally, I would probably give a uh, villain of the year to the Carmen Rider writing team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for, how many, for how many years running, Zig? <laughs> it's, it's a good two or three at this point, put it that way. Um, uh, I, I think she's remarkably well fleshed out for a villain, which is why it still annoys me when they occasionally try to sexy her up, as anime tends to do. You know, I think she de- deserves better than that, but it is what it is. Um, well, I, I think like it, the, go ahead. Sorry. I think it's either her or Satan, put it that way. <laughs> And that's <laughs> actually it's pronounced sateen. But... Oh, uh, uh, well, you know, it's like the the best villains are always the ones that are not like black and white, good and evil, right? Like yeah. the <laughs> yeah, like Satan, like Satan. <laughs> which is why I'm giving the award to Akane and not Satan. Satan's a bad dude. We know this. Uh, <laughs> what if- Is Satan a bad dude, though? Have you asked Satan if he considers himself a bad dude? I'm just saying, maybe, maybe, I just watched somewhere in the middle. I just watched Devilman Crybaby like three weeks ago, all right, so... So, um, I'm trying not to spoil the ending of Devilman Crybaby for anybody who hasn't seen it, but has anybody considered that this could be a sequel to Devilman Crybaby? (laughs) Uh, um, well, I feel like even if you haven't watched Devilman Crybaby, you won't even know who Satan is in that show. So, uh. I I feel like after you've seen some of it, you could make a relatively well calculated guess. Um. Can I cheat and just pull someone from uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes DNT? Yeah, that's cheating. I, yeah, that's <laughs> cheating. Um, I've overstarted. Yeah, all right. he he is a good he is a good villain, but uh, I I, th- I think anything uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes related is cheating, even if it is DNT. Does he even do it? Does he even do anything in DNT? No. Yeah. So like, we didn't get on. to the real shit. Yeah, like like I, I know he shows up, right? Like he joins the the crew, but he doesn't do any. He doesn't really like take over at that point. But anyways. I I think with Let's do our other podcast, Legend of the Glorio Heroes. So, hey, I heard Pokemon's pretty good. Oh, yeah, damn, it is actually really good. <laughs> That's not even, man, I'm not, I'm not, it's not even a bit. I love that show. We, we did Pokemon last last time, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon never stops. Um, Kamen Rider has improved, but is still bad. And the web episodes have just gotten extremely weird and, like... So there's web episodes now. Right, okay, yeah. So for context, Comrade Zio has the regular episodes, and each episode also has a 0.5 web episode, which is sort of half behind the scenes, half gags, half improv comedy. That sounds great, actually. <laughs> They're more entertaining than the actual episodes, and not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> yeah, that's some. Uh, they're really like you know they're they're through scraping the bottom of the barrel. They're like digging into the dirt underneath the barrel at this point. Um, it's it's an interesting car. You know, crash. it doesn't help that the acting in the web episodes is better than in the show. Yes, it's uh, almost as if they miscast everyone who's in the show and like force them into weird roles. I don't know, like. Um, I think 
Gridman is fascinating. And like I said, I think a lot of my ultimate opinion on it will depend on whether they can provide a satisfactory explanation to... It's not even really a mystery, but like the world that they have set up. You know, I, I want to have faith because they've done so well so far. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree like with what you said earlier, how... Um, I don't think there's any way they can just like totally ruin the show at this point, but there are some kind of like, I don't know, cliche ending possibilities they could go for here. That would be disappointing. Um, but that said, uh, you know, some stuff happens in episode 10 by the end. Okay. okay. We'll have to check it out. So, um, you'll have to check that out, but, also uh, on the Toku front, Lou Lupat has been pretty good. Yes. Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger is almost over. It's been very good. Uh, Jim Carter is a hero, a true American hero. Um, Did he die? And... No. Oh, oh okay. Um, in fact, <laughs> he was talking not... about him. You guys were talking about him like he sacrificed his life to save the no, team. He, he was, he's just he's just really good. I like him a lot. Um, There's just like and that that show has better choreography than I've come to expect from a Sentai show, and also like a decent handle on like character continuity. Um, like there's a the lot cat- of like, hey, remember when that oh. happened like a while ago? And, and I go, oh yeah, that did happen. Normally, I'm used to these shows smashing that reset button. Guys, the anime police are coming again. Shit. Oh no. god, damn it! Just when we thought we'd gotten away with no, it. No, no, no. It's not. No, it's fine. The Pat Rangers found a gangler. They're just yeah. going to save the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that's what this. Okay. Uh, the thing I'll say about Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger is like the characters are very simple and broad, but the show remembers like to portray them consistently and like at least it gives them storylines that though they are simple and broad it's not afraid to follow through on and like resolve so like it's kind of like Gridman in a way in the sense that like it's simple but they they commit to the simplicity if that makes sense you know like they take the fact that it's simple and use it to to make sure that the quality is high um and and like it, it's good on every front you know the characters are good and interesting the acting is decent after a shaky start um there's some good mysteries the, the costumes and fights are fantastic as always and there's some really good funny bits like the bit where Kari was blown up by a woodpecker impaling his <laughs> I, I saw that floating around on twitter yeah, yes it's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's very good and uh, <laughs> uh, uh that joke was I, I, I'll be sorry to see them go, you know. But how, um, how much how much longer is that going? There's probably another a couple months, two months, maybe maybe six, maybe seven episodes. Okay, and so, then yeah, it's back I, to dinosaurs, baby. Yeah, I think, I think it's prehistoric animals again. So like, no, it's, it's dragons and knights. Is it? No, okay. it's dinosaurs. It's dinosaurs. It, the, like the toy the toy scans came out apparently. So yeah. like, oh, look into oh, that. But apparently okay. it's dinosaurs again. Aren't they like um, obligated to do dinosaurs like every couple of years or something? Is that just I mean, a... they, they did Kids dinosaurs. Kids always love dinosaurs. Yeah. So they did dinosaurs they only a few years. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, you know, it's good. All right. I mean, we're about due for a new car series. Mm, well, what, yeah, I guess we are, actually. Yeah. Wasn't. Oh, was that was. fun every 10 years. <laughs> I'm getting it confused with. Because uh, I, I was going to say, wasn't there. Uh, common rider drive but that's common rider not super yes. sentai right? so yes. they're completely different. different shows yes totally different man i don't know man but uh all right well 
There's yeah. your there's your impromptu informal Tokusatsu update, everyone. Indeed. Um, Look, if we can't segue from Gridman to Tokusatsu, when can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that uh, take that shot while it's there for sure. All right. Well, um, I think that's uh, just about going to do it. We're uh, wrapping up the season here, so you know, unfortunately, it's probably going to be the last chance we get to talk on podcasts about some of these shows. But uh, there'll be a there'll be a wrap up podcast, I'd imagine, at some point. Right? We'll probably devote a little bit of time to it. At least. Uh, yeah, I haven't decided what we're going to do next episode because there's probably like three different things we could possibly do next time. But Your end is a bit hectic for everyone. Yeah, we'll, 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 uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes, but it, it's you know. a very busy time and not just on blog stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have like friends and family and stuff. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, though, can I recommend our sister podcast legend of the Glorio heroes, which you definitely yes. haven't chilled a gazillion times on this podcast <laughs> before. <laughs> Just yes. just entered season two of Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yes, so we'll, we'll uh, I guess we'll segue into our, our housekeeping on that then. So, uh, yes, read everything at theglorioblog.com. You can follow us on Twitter at theglorioblog. Uh, all of our podcasts are posted on uh, YouTube, as well as uh, iTunes and a bunch of other places. Just look at the posts on the website. Um as Iroh has mentioned many times, you can listen to the Legend of the Glorio Heroes, our other podcast, where Iroh and G talk about uh, the, you know, shockingly relevant Legend of Galactic Heroes uh, series, the original OVA. And uh, yeah, everybody look forward to our year end stuff, which is coming very, very soon here. I, I got some I got some writing to do because I'm up first. Sorry. So, uh, yep, that's going to do it then. So uh, thanks, everybody, for being on. We can get back to playing uh, Smash Brothers. <laughs> and uh, we'll catch everybody next time. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.